Have I mentioned I like music? Have I mentioned that at all? I, I love music. I love music. Um, I love music. Can I say it one more time? Who likes music? <laughs> Who likes music? Um, I really do. And, and it's interesting. I, I just, to me, it's amazing what's, how God has gifted people to be able to write music. Uh, so many times I hear a song and I'm just like, yes, that's what I wanted to say. Or that's what was in my head or that's what was in my heart. And I'm just not gifted in the way to be able to, to, to blah, blah, put things in words. You know, some people can put things in words and, and I can't. I just feel like I'm blubbering a lot of the time. But people write songs. It's interesting to me, actually, uh, I probably listen to more instrumental music now than I used to. Uh, most music, a song will come on and Isabel's like, does this song have words? And uh, like, <laughs> does it, it doesn't need words, you know? I mean, the, music in itself, I believe, is a gift from God. And, and, and to me, music can convey emotions and, and where people are at. And so, so I, I love it. And so, uh, so sometimes, well, actually, I'll say to Isabel, yes, it, it does, but we're not gonna hear them right now. We're just enjoying the music you know and so because I, I do I listen probably more instrumental than than with words there there are songs out there where I feel like the words get in the way of the music you know what I mean <laughs> like why what are what in the world are they singing um, good music good tune but what are those words um, I love music it's amazing I saw this idea, I was just looking at different things and trying to see what direction we were going to go for our Advent season. I saw this idea of taking different songs and, and kind of looking at the different ones and what they have in them that lead us through our Christmas season. And so that's what we're going to do over the next course of the next four weeks. We're going to look at these different songs. Today we're looking at, as we've already sung, uh, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus. And we're going to spend some time looking at some of the lines in that song. Uh, next week, What Child Is This? Um, the week after that, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Uh, week four is God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen. And then Christmas Eve, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. And Joy to the World. And those are the songs that we're going to look at. So you, you don't need to remember those right now because I'll repeat them every week. Um, but they'll also be on the Thursday email that goes out. And so I encourage you to be watching for that on the Thursday email and maybe listen to the song a couple times and, uh, before you come. But I enjoy them. I enjoy music and I think God has given these to us to speak truth and for us to learn. So... Uh, Scripture that we have, and, and Darren read, read it, or said it, read it earlier, but I'm going to read it again. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 and 7, and really this is more just a, a starting point. We're not going to come back to this particular scripture today, but I think it's good for us just as, as a starting point. So Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. Father, these are, these are great words, and we thank you for them. 
Jesus, we thank you that you are the fulfillment of these words and that you have established your kingdom and that it will last forever. Thank you that you have allowed us and made a way for us to be part of it. Thank you for your presence here today. Thank you that we can call you Father and you call us your, ch- or your children. Thank you that we come together as family to worship you and to encourage each other. And pray that we will, pray that we can be good at it. Father, I pray that our worship to you will be pleasing and not just noise. Father, we want, we want to worship you well. We want to worship you right. We want to be right in our worship. And so, Father, if there's any way in us that's not right, I pray that we will offer that to you and that you will make it right for us. Lord, as we look into this, this song that I believe you have uh, given for us to, to hear, to know, to point towards you, I pray that as we are in your word and even looking at the song that you will draw our hearts closer to you and make us more like you. Or not, not I, I say for our benefit, but not mainly for our benefit, for your benefit, but also for those that don't know you, that we would be examples for you. Lord, we ask for your blessings on this time. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So we've already sung it. We sung it twice. I'm going to read the lyrics again, though. Come, thou long-expected Jesus, born to set thy people free. From our fears and sins release us. Let us find our rest in thee. Israel's strength and consolation, hope of all the earth thou art. Dear desire of every nation, Joy of every longing heart. Born thy people to deliver. Born a child and yet a king. Born to reign in us forever. Now thy gracious kingdom bring. By thy own eternal spirit. Rule in all our hearts alone. By thine all-sufficient merit. Raise us to thy glorious throne. Great words. <laughs> I really like them. And, and just sitting and listening and, and, and just rereading them this week, they're, they're so good. Only two verses. Uh, other songs, as we know, hymns, you know, three, four, five verses. Uh, I don't know. I, I, it seems like there's, I saw a hymn one time that had seven verses. Um, and, I, and I think it's good for us to read both verses. Uh, I, I, these, these hymns that have four verses and we sing verse one, two, and four, uh, I feel that bad for verse three. It often gets left out. Or if there's five verses, you know, we leave out two and four. Um, you know, we, it's good for us to see the whole story of, of these verses, of these songs. And, and they're good. A little bit of history of the song. The uh, song was written by Charles Wesley, and that would be John's, uh, John's brother. So John Wesley started the Methodist movement and got that going. Uh, Charles was a writer of more than 8,000 hymns. Anyone ever written a song? <laughs> Anyone want to admit they've ever written a song? You know, I've written two, and I stopped there. I... I, I don't even know that I let anyone read them. Um, 
but he wrote over 8,000 songs. This one was written in 1744 and was part of a group of hymns that John then used as he traveled and preached. Uh, he had this booklet and had 20, uh, 20 hymns in it that Charles had written and, and uh, would take it out and use it. Uh, it was reprinted 20 different times, the song, this hymnal that John used was reprinted 20 different times in Charles' uh, lifetime and it used a lot of his songs. The, the, the tune that we are familiar with here was not even the original tune. Matter of fact, it was written when it was written. It didn't have a tune. It was just the words. And uh, as they did back in the day, they would take a familiar tune that was familiar to a lot of people and they would just sing put the words to that tune. And so there are actually three different tunes that they uh, used when they would sing the song initially. And then sometime end of 1800s, beginning 1900s, kind of settled onto this tune that we sing it to. So imagine if we did that today with some songs. Okay, stop imagining. Some of you are like thinking, anyway. Um, one of the interesting things about this song in particular is being a Christmas, considered a Christmas carol, is that it doesn't retell the nativity story in any way. A lot of the hymns that we, Christmas carols that we sing, retell the story, and this one really doesn't. Instead, it talks more about kind of that hunger that we can all identify with, and that is the need for Jesus, the need for God, that need that we all have in our heart for something, for someone. And we recognize that as a need for God, as for Jesus. But I would say that the world, those that don't know Jesus, and maybe even some that know of Jesus, recognize that there's something not right here. There's something missing here. And they are constantly just trying to fill it up with something or someone. And that's that hunger that I think this song really brings out is that need to be with Jesus. So there's um, three things, just three different aspects to this that I want to touch on today for us uh, as we look through it. The first one of this is that hunger for God's presence. A hunger for God's presence. It's right there in the title, come. <laughs> come, come. When you think about that, you, you, someone being with someone, Come, thou long expected Jesus. They've been waiting for him. They've been wanting him. And this is from that sense of whether it's talking about the Old Testament and Israel waiting for their Messiah or even us today as we look forward to when Jesus will come. Now, the awesome thing is we have the Holy Spirit and he lives in here. There's something about this presence. So as we go into this Christmas season, I just want to encourage us to focus in on God's presence with us. And everywhere we go, everything we do, God's presence. God's presence. There's something about God's presence here. It's the reality is God created us to be with him. When we go back to creation and we look at Adam and Eve, and Adam and Eve were there in the garden, where was God? A little bit louder, please. With them. Walking with them. God created us to be with him, to spend time with him. And that was good. And that's how it was until what? 
Sin entered, and the relationship that there was broken, broken so much that they had to be removed from the garden. They weren't even allowed to be any longer where God walked with them. They were separated, and sin separates us from God. But even then, God made a promise to make things right. When you look at Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, he says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. But God made a promise that he would make things right and allow us to have a right relationship with him and to come back together. God's presence. Even in, uh, Israel, in, uh, as the Israelites were fleeing Egypt with Moses, God's presence was represented there because they longed for his presence through the fire, through the smoke. God's presence went with them. God's presence is talked about all through scripture. He talks about and promises his presence with us and with other people throughout scripture. He shows us in Genesis chapter 28, verse 15, it says, I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go and I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you. Till I have done what I have promised. Deuteronomy 31 verse 6 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Isaiah 41.10 So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Matthew 28 Verse 20, he says, Jesus says, Surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. As I already mentioned, the Holy Spirit, he gives us the Holy Spirit as we know him. In John 14, Jesus says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. And in Matthew 18, there, where it says, Where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am with them who believes that Jesus is here today right now only a few of you said yes he's here right now he promises and we have all these and there are so many more verses I could have kept going that talk about that God is with us God is with us and I think the biggest thing that Satan does is he distracts us about other things and we get distracted from the reality of God's presence and we think about other things instead. My hope is that as we walk through this Christmas season, this Advent season, is that we slow down enough and that we are not distracted and we recognize God's presence. There's something about being present with someone, isn't there? Isn't there? I, I love and hate technology. Anyone with me? I love and hate technology. Uh, for those of you that, you know, we came down here, it's it, coming up, March will be three years, so we're just a few months away from being here for three years, but before we came down here, we were in Montana, Brandon came down first to go to TFC, and so he was down here for two years without us uh, beforehand, and I'm thankful for the phone, right? We could talk to each other. Even better, the we are now in the age of the Jetsons, right? Where we have FaceTime and we can see each other's faces and see each other. You know, if only we can get the plastic faces that they used to put on, you know, anyone with me? Um, but FaceTime's pretty amazing, right? 
It's so cool. Now you can see that. I mean, very rarely do we call Brandon. Brandon is now back in Montana because he graduated uh, last spring, and he's back up in Montana preparing for his wedding, which is coming up at the end of the month. So we'll be going up there, but we'll, uh, we'll be up there at the end of the month for that. But we get to talk on FaceTime, and so even last night, we were on the way back from somewhere as a family, and Brandon calls us via FaceTime, and there we are. We get to see each other. And, uh, of course, we had to turn the, car, the light on in the car so you could see us. But still, you know, we get to see each other. Better than even just talking, right? Even better is Brandon and Heidi will be here this coming Friday, and we get to spend the weekend together. Isn't that better? There's something about God's presence. There's something about being present with each other. Even this room, if we go back a year and a half to when COVID started and we would do what we're doing here on Sunday morning to empty chairs, that got old so fast, so fast, so much better presence. When I was a kid growing up, I uh, would occasionally be part of, uh, not for long, but be part of a choir or music uh, group of some kind in, you know, middle school, high school. Anyone else part of any of those? Yeah, yeah. So you know what I'm talking about. You know, you gather, you've prepared all semester to play or sing your songs, and all of your parents and grandparents show up to hear, Right. And, and what do you do when you get there? You're looking for them. You're trying to find them because it's important that they're there. My dad, at the end of every song, anytime we would do this, my dad, at the end of every song, I would look out because I knew as we were finishing the song out there, my dad would be out there and he would just stick his hand real up high and just do the okay sign because that was about how good we were. We were okay. <laughs> I would take okay. I was fine with okay. But he would. He would do that. And I knew at the end of a song to look out there and to look for his hand up high making the okay sign. And that just, uh, uh, seventh grader, eighth grader, my dad's out there. My dad is out there. Just the fact that he was present, that he was there, meant so much. God wants us to recognize his presence with us this season. To remember it and to walk in that presence. Second thing that I see in here is a hunger for his purpose. It's a hunger for our, we have this hunger to know him, but we should have this hunger also to understand his purpose. And we see his purposes listed here in four different ways. Each time we see the word born, we see part of his purpose. The first two are, are very similar. They're connected. First one, born to set thy people free. Born thy people to deliver. What is that talking about? A little bit louder. What is that talking about? That wasn't much louder. Come on, folks. Turkey kicking in still. Forgiveness of our sin. He delivers us from our sin. He makes it possible for us to be with him. That's why Jesus was born. That's why he came. He was born to go to the cross. He was born to die for our sin. He was born to defeat sin. He was born to fulfill the promise all the way back in Genesis 3. That should excite, that should excite us. Born to set thy people free, free from the bondage of sin. Deliver us from the bondage of sin, from the result of sin. I believe that hell is a real place. 
But to me, to know that there is God is a real being and to one day stand before him and see him and then to have to be separated from him, to me would be even worse. Would be even worse. But Jesus was born to deliver us, to free us, and allow us to be in a relationship with him. The third born, born a child, yet a king. Last week, we looked at this verse last week, Matthew 28, verse 20. Um, Jesus came and said to them, all, or verse 18, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Jesus is the king. He was born as a child. He could have come in many different ways, but he came as a child. And he went through his life. And, you know, we know, we know everyone, they wanted the king then. Revelation 19, verses 13 and, and 16 says, He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the word of God. And on his robe and on his thigh, he has the name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Jesus is the king. And in one of the classes I took, it talked about how all throughout Scripture, it's all about the kingdom. It's all about the kingdom. And Jesus is our king. And that's what this song just points us to the fact that Jesus is our king. The third one in here, his purpose. uh, He came to set us free. He came to deliver us. He came to be the king. He came uh, to reign in us forever. Talking about his presence again. Talking about his Holy Spirit in us. We recognize in us. Do we recognize in us if we know Jesus, the Holy Spirit, God's presence in us forever? Forever changed. When the the words we were talking about, when we did the responsive reading, transformation. We are different than we were. This this season is. (laughs) I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful. Uh, like I said, we're going up for Brandon's wedding, uh, and we're actually flying out on Christmas Eve, and we'll be gone for 10 days. So Isabel asks us, Dad, are we doing presents before we go to Montana, or are we doing presents once we get up there? And I said, um, Isabel, uh, Montana is the presents. <laughs> <You know? laughs> And I was so thankful, 15-year-old says, well, that makes sense. Oh, yes. Thank you, Jesus. But, but I'm so glad I don't have to think about, I don't have to think about buying presents this year. It, it, and I'm realizing how much of a distraction that can be. And we forget that really this time is about just stepping back and remembering that God is inside of us. Now, I was reading uh, a paper earlier, I don't remember, last week, week before, um, a, a pilot lives locally, and he's talking about how he would fly from here and often fly up to Franklin, North Carolina. Um, and he said that that's a short distance. And, and when he sets his instrumentation to be able to just to fly up there, uh, he, he sets the bearing and he gets going and he can follow that. If he's off by one degree... He's off by just one degree 
flying up to Franklin, North Carolina, it's not so far away that he gets too far off course, you know. And usually he can tell that as he's getting closer to Franklin, because he knows the land, he, he can kind of tell, oh, I might be off a little bit, and he can adjust, and it's not a big deal. But he talks about in this that if he continues on that one degree off course, that the farther north he goes beyond Franklin, the farther and farther he gets off course. And eventually to the point where it's not even recognizable to where he can look around and be able to make that adjustment. And I thought it was interesting because I started thinking about that for my own spiritual life and what sometimes this time of year does in distracting us is that if I'm off just a little bit, maybe initially it's not too much, but if I keep going, it's just more and more and more. Not, not that I'm saying this morning, most of us as I look around this room, is anything new to any of us. But maybe it's just a reminder that we need to stop and see, have we gotten off just that one degree? And the farther we go, the longer we go, the farther we get off. And it's better to make that correction now than later. I, I believe that God really wants us to focus in on the reality of his presence this Christmas season and not get hung up and caught up in these other things. This morning, the worship team was praying beforehand. They're in this other room praying, and they, man, great prayers, great prayers. Darren specifically, like Darren, I'm gonna say this, don't hate me, okay? Darren was praying that everything would go perfectly. I mean, really, he didn't say those words, but he basically was praying, you know, let, let us all sing well, let all the instruments work. Man, first service, did everything go well? Absolutely not. And it was funny because he was praying that and, and I just felt, and so maybe it's my fault. It could be my fault. You guys can blame me if you want. But then I felt this need to pray and say, Father, Lord, even if everything falls apart and doesn't go anything like we want it to, in our weakness, you shine through. Now, most people, I'll tell you this, most people in the first service had no clue anything went wrong. The people didn't know. They knew because they were, you know. We get, we get worried about distractions when God has so much more for us. And, and I just, my, guys, the presents don't have to be perfect and the decorations don't have to be just right. And when people come over to your house, they don't have to see this made up scene that we do. We need to be who God created us to be in his presence because that's more attractive to people than anything else that we do. That's more attractive than the best present. And, and I think even as followers of Jesus, and I'll tell you right now, I'm way off my notes. Um, as followers of Jesus, that's who the world wants to see. That's who the world wants to see. They, they don't want to see us done up just right and looking our best. They want to see... God's strength and power in us in our weakness. They want to see real Christians. They want to see real people walking with Jesus. Which means we make mistakes and we don't do it right. But we also just get out and invite ourselves, invite them to spend time and be together. 
it's God's presence in us that then should compel us to be present with the people that are lost in this world. And, and the only reason we can do that is because of the hope that we have in Jesus. And our hope that we know that this, that this song points us back to. Uh, it, it talks about Israel's strength and consolation. It talks about uh, the hope of all the earth. It talks about the fact that it will raise us to God's glorious throne. The hope that Israel had that their Messiah would come. And tons of promises. I, I have all these verses. The promise he made to Abraham. The promise he made to Isaac. To, to Jacob. To Judah. To David. That the Messiah would come. And he did. And we get to look back and see God's faithfulness. And that he, all of those prophecies took place through Jesus when he came. And then our hope is that we know he's going to come back. And we've got it easier because we've seen fulfilled prophecy already. And we have that already now with the Holy Spirit inside of us. God's presence in us, that's what's going to allow us to raise to his glorious throne. To be with him forever. And so we have all of our to-do lists and we have our Christmas lists and we have our presents lists and we have all of those things that we want to do this Christmas season. But the reality is God wants to be present in us and with us and, and that should compel us to then be present with the people that we have opportunity to be with and showing them who Jesus is. I, I don't know what the Holy Spirit's saying to you today. I don't know where you're at. I don't know if you're even paying attention to the instruments that are laid in your life that are pointing your direction. Are you off by one degree? Are you off by five degrees? God, God wants, God just wants your presence. God wants us to recognize his presence. And to share his presence with those that we come in contact with because we have a hope that he's coming back. If you need to get realigned today, today, now is the best time to do it. And I encourage you, our, our, our altars are open. Our elders are here for prayer. Uh, our, our prayer room back through those doors over there. Uh, our elders are there for prayer. Don't, don't leave today if you need to make some adjustments or if you need someone to pray with you. I'm going to invite you to stand. We're going to sing a song. And if God is working in your hearts, be with him. Be with him. Father, we love you. Thank you that you have made a way for us to be present with you. Thank you that you are here present with us. And we get to worship you. Father, thank you that you promise you will never leave us. You'll never forsake us. And so everywhere we go, you go with us. Father, allow us to show you to all the people that we come in contact with. Help us to be real. Thank you that you draw us to forgiveness. Thank you that you love us and that love includes sometimes discipline and correction. 
Thank you for your presence.